Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we are hanging out with Matt Johnson, who is a marketer, entrepreneur, musician, and podcast host and expert. He's the founder of Pursuing Results, a podcast PR and production agency. Matt runs a worldwide virtual team helping business coaches and consultants break in and dominate new markets through podcasting. Matt also uh, runs his agency. It's a multiple six-figure agency with three to four hours a week in time that it takes him. So we're going to talk more about that. Matt, welcome to the program. Thanks, Brent. I'm super pumped to be here. It's going to be an awesome conversation. So I mentioned that little uh, kind of brag point in the intro of multiple six-figure agency takes you three to four hours a week to run. Before we get into that, which I want to talk more about that, can you just kind of paint us a picture of how pursuing results is set up today? Kind of, you mentioned virtual agency, like what your team is, um, you know, where they're located, kind of what your agency looks like today. Yeah, so I was really fortunate to come out of an agency that was very productized uh, and only offered one thing. And so even before I started my agency, I knew that's where I was headed. So that's, that's kind of where we've arrived is we offer one package it's a complete done for you podcasting package with a very specific type of ideal client that we know that we work best with. And that's, that's all we do. So I started off consulting, got into podcast production, and then just kept narrowing and narrowing it down until we found that one thing that we're good at, <clears throat> which is part of what feeds into the, the reason that it only takes me three to four hours to run the operations of the business uh, is not only just because I've got a really great director of operations and a great team, and we've worked hard to build really good systems, but it's also because we're not spreading ourselves on offering three or four or 10 different things. We're offering one thing to one type of person. So it, it cuts down massively the, the opportunity for uh, variation. It cuts down the opportunity for mistakes and errors. 
time consuming elements, like all that stuff that kind of sucks up time and creates fires that need to be put out. We just don't have a lot in the business. Uh, and so that, that's a big part of why I'm able to run it that way. So the structure of the business is, is really pretty simple. So we have specialists at each stage. It's essentially a production line. Um, we have staff kind of scattered all over the place. So like it starts with professional writers and professional audio engineers and editors and all that good stuff. Um, I just hire, I try to hire the best person for each role at each stage. So like our, our audio is edited by professional guys in Nashville pro video editors, pro writers. And so then I've got my, my director of operations and our staff that pulls all those elements together and publishes and promotes the episodes for our clients. So that way, the client, from the client's perspective, all they do is show up, have awesome conversations, and then we go grab the file. And the next thing they know, the episode's published and released and all that stuff. So it's super easy on the clients. It's easy on us because we know exactly what we're doing. Uh, and it's essentially a production line for podcasting. Awesome. So you've got yeah. this team kind of spread out all over. Um, about how many clients do you guys serve? Do you, are you open to talking about some of that stuff? Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. So we produce about 20 shows. And uh, so some of the, they're all weekly podcasts. Uh, most of them have like guests where we're booking the guests for them as well. So that's one of the big things. Uh, that was one of the big decisions actually I made a couple of years ago, which was to keep offering that. It was something that we had played around with and it's something that we could have cut out of our service. And I don't really know of any other podcast service or production company or anything that offers that uh, where we go out and we actually prospect for them and book two high level influencers on their show every month. Uh, and one of the reasons that we did that is it's also our prospecting for our own business. So <laughs> you just so let the cat out of the bag, right? You're like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. When I, when I really looked at it, I, well, I, I, I sat down and I looked at, okay, well, where are my clients coming from? And I'm like, okay, that one was a guest on our show. That one was a guest on one of our client shows. You know, it's like, so you just do that analysis of where your clients are coming from. And I realized at least half like came to us through the guest booking process for the own, our shows we were already producing. I said, okay, well, we can't cut that off. Not only is it hugely valuable to the clients, but it's also essentially clients subsidizing the cost to grow our business. So I, so I definitely kept that in. So from, from the, the agency owner's perspective, if you can get your clients to pay you to prospect and grow your own business, it's a pretty, pretty sweet deal. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> So why why um why podcasting for you? I mean, why why that type of product? Is there something special or unique about podcasting that really pulled you in? Yeah, th there is. I mean, first it was the it was a matter of scratching my own itch. So I was working at the old agency, and one of their clients that I was doing webinars with pitched me on on starting a podcast together. But we didn't really know where it would go. We just knew that we would enjoy doing a podcast and it would lead somewhere, and it did. We ended up building a podcast that was named one of the top five in, in our space, <clears throat> still run that. I still co-host that. And that kind of created all the other opportunities because people were asking me, you know, at one point we were going live three days a week uh, on, on Facebook and then turning those episodes into podcasts. And so they started to see, to see the, just the sheer volume of content we were putting out and asking me how I was doing it. And of course, the only way you can pull that off is to have a team of people behind you. So I would tell them about the team and they would ask, okay, well, can I rent your team? Basically, if they, they can't be working for you full-time, right? Like you got to, you know, let me rent your team. So I did that. And of course, then that works for a while until it doesn't work anymore. And so I had to turn it into a real agency. So that's kind of how it came to be. Um, as far as like, you know, what is it about podcasting? The fascinating thing about it is podcasting is one of those things. It, it's like, it, it's, it's like a hammer. 
And you don't need to know exactly how a hammer works to use it. It just works. So I knew that like once I got really into it and working with clients, I knew that a podcast would work, especially the right type of client. I knew that a podcast would work to grow their business, even if they didn't know exactly how it was happening or why, and some of the inner mechanics of what was really going on psychologically with their audience. I knew that if you just plug them in and you get them using the tool, in this case, a podcast, that it delivers results. And I'm always fascinated by that. Like, what can we as marketers do for our clients that doesn't depend on them even really understanding the strategy of what we're doing? It just flat out works. And podcasting to me is one of those things. I definitely want to come back to the topic of podcasting. Um, you know, obviously you've got a rich uh, history with this and, and you've gotten a lot of results for your clients. And I, I want to make sure that we come back to that topic. But I do want mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about something you mentioned earlier, which is that you came into this business uh, with a history at another agency of, you know, doing productized services really well. And uh, I'm sure our listeners ears perked up when they realized that you have one package that you Mm -hmm. offer in one very tight market. Can you talk to us a little bit about the process that you have gone through to arrive at that one product? Like, was it just the lucky first product you started there? Or what were some of the things you tried initially and got rid of? Uh, How did you get to the point where you had literally one product that you offer to your clients into a very tight market segment? So it was a combination of of definitely experimentation. I I wish I had stumbled across it right off the bat, but I, I did have the advantage of knowing out of the gate that that was the goal. Because I I saw the agency that I was with, when I first joined the agency, my desk was a Sam's Club folding table with a couple of monitors on top. And I watched that agency grow both from the inside and outside as I became just friends with the CEO. And we would just spend five, six, eight hours a day. We would hole up in some, you know, bar in La Jolla or whatever, overlook the ocean and just talk about the growth of the company. And that company scaled from a hundred and some clients to now they have almost 600 clients. Uh, paying recurring revenue. I mean, just they have literally 600 active clients right now. Um, so I got to see all of the the good and the bad points of how to actually scale that model up. And the only way to do it uh, is to just have one thing. Um, and because especially when you're working with like in a lower price point where you're selling into this small and medium sized business market, which I wanted to, like I knew I wanted to sell to entrepreneurs. I knew that I wanted to deal directly with the decision makers. I knew I wanted like a productized service that for the most part, I could hand off the operations because the trap for all of us in like the digital agency world is that we were really good at the creative part. And I was really good at, at podcasting strategy and production and stuff like that, right? The creative part of what I do. I like it. I enjoy it. Um, the problem is that if we spend all of our time there, we don't actually have the time to spend in the sales and marketing to grow our own business. And so then the only way our business grows is just slowly and organically as we do a good job for clients, we get referrals. And that absolutely should be the foundation of everything that we do. But if we want to grow faster, we have to be able to turn more of our time and attention to actively marketing our own stuff. And the problem is a lot of us get mired down so much so in the operations that we never have time to pull ourselves out to actively market and sell our own business. So I knew, I knew from experience with that other business that the other agency that I, there was a way out of that trap. And it was by having a productized service that you could deliver ex- at an extremely high level without absolute rock star creative people necessarily. 
and you could hire a really good manager to deal with the clients and kind of manage and make sure that the trains run on time so that you could get that mental space and freedom to focus on sales and marketing. So that was always the goal. It just took some refining as far as experimenting with different types of clients and, you know, what's what, you know, how many episodes are we releasing? And, you know, there, there was some tinkering around the margins, so to speak, on, on what our service looked like. But pretty quickly, I realized, look, it has to be a weekly podcast. So I figured out the rhythm, right? So that kind of led me to how much work is involved. Once I knew that, I knew the general price point that we could do it profitably. And then then I was able, based on that, to go back and say, okay, here's what we're delivering and here's what it costs. Now, what's the, what's the type of client that I enjoy working with the most that gets the most value out of this productized service? And for me in particular, I nailed that down to a certain type of business coach slash consultant uh, there was in a certain stage of their business and, and all that's kind of irrelevant. I, I just figured out who I like to work with and I matched our productized service to that market. And it's, it's a, it's luckily for me, it's a perfect match. Very cool. Yeah. The other thing that popped out is the, uh, that you said, that you said um, when we were chatting earlier was that uh, you spend three to four hours a week running the business. Mm-hmm. Go yeah, on. So, uh, go, <laughs> go on. Okay. So here, here's that, how that breaks down. So I have two operations meetings, Tuesdays and Thursdays with my director of operations and my, and my key people. So the head of content, which does all the oversees, all the writing. Um, and then our guest booking kind of specialist that, that books all of our guests. So, the, so the three or four key functions in the business, uh, I never count on their performance, just kind of staying high without my active involvement. And so we get together religiously. We don't miss a meeting. Uh, that's one thing that I learned uh, just from just from over time, realizing that no matter what, how good the intentions are, and even no matter how good the systems you build in your business, people's performance still declines over time. And it's our responsibility as the leader of the agency to come along and prop up that performance every opportunity we get. And so those operations meetings are the, the best and highest use of my time. Now, from there, the other, let's say, hour to an hour and a half of time spent in the operations of the business is, is client communication, right? So it's the quick connect calls. It's hopping on to talk about somebody's latest project they're excited about, checking in to make sure they're getting the results from the podcast they want, talking about the upcoming guests, you know, or, or and then there's kind of the relationshipy elements of it. So we do like a lot of strategic introductions, um, I get pitched on booking speaking engagements for myself. And so I'll, I'll pass those along to clients. Uh, I'll find out about, you know, industry events and online summits and things like that, that I can pass along to my clients and like turn them on to opportunities. So all those things that both deliver on the service, make sure the service stays high level and matches their expectations. And then hopefully delights them by going that one step further and just looking for legitimate uh, like opportunities to grow their business by some of the opportunities that come across my desk, like pushing those to my clients. Uh, and that's one of the advantages of like being in where we're really only in a, a few different niches, uh, real estate, mortgage, and like financial services and, and a little bit with, with other fellow agency owners who serve those niches. So like my, my agency, I used to work for white labels, my service, but we're all kind of in that general niche. So, and, and I host a podcast there too. Uh, so I have speaking opportunities coming to me. I get events and conferences pitched to me. We get all the online summits pitched to me. Um, so then I'm able to like do all those things behind the scenes to add value to our clients because we're in similar or the same niche. And that that's huge. That's, it's been huge for me the whole time. 
How have you approached building these systems within your company? I mean, to be able to get to distilling your business down to three to four hours a week. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and one thing you didn't mention there, maybe you did, and I just didn't hear it in the right way, was was biz dev and marketing, but we can come back to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about systems. How, How do you approach creating these systems so that your team can go and deliver the product that you have envisioned to your customers without you having to be intimately involved with that work? Well, it definitely starts with the fact that I was intimately involved in every aspect at one time. And so that that helps. Um, if anybody's listening and you're, you're not a specialist in every part of your agency business, like that, that's cool. Uh, I happen to be in a, in a space where I was the expert at every part of it along the way. I mean, I, I did everything myself to start off with. However, then I was able to hire specialists that were better than I was at each stage. So the system started off being documenting what I myself was doing to get clients results, how I was editing the audio, how I was writing the show notes and all that stuff. Once we were able to hire specialists, then we started documenting what they were doing because they were better at it than I was. But I'm also really good at building systems. And that goes to kind of what our X factors were. I figured out that that was one of my unique skills and attributes. And so when I'm working with one of my team, they might be better at the task than I am, but I'm better at building systems. I'm better at helping them document what it is that they're doing that's unique, that's adding value. And so I'll sit down with them and we'll record everything. We'll have it documented. We'll usually put that into a checklist in Trello, for example. Uh, And then that gets documented. So it gets documented in video and the checklist. And then the checklist give us a place that we can go back to and refine those over time. And if the checklist start to deviate from the, from the videos that we have documented a little bit too much, then we go back and we re-record the video to match the checklist. So that way it gives us a place where everybody's on the same page. If there's ever an issue or a question or something comes up where I think something's not right, the, the question isn't, where did you screw up? The question is, A, did you follow the system? And if yes, okay, what do we need to change about the system to prevent that from happening again? So it allows me as the leader of the agency to completely shift the focus off of leading people on like this emotional, inspirational, motivational basis. And I can shift my leadership style to just, hey, let's optimize the system. And as long as we're following the system, that's cool. So that it's a very different, um, it's a very different shift. And that all comes from my, I think I, I'm drawn to that naturally, but there's definitely like anybody can kind of, take from that and learn that mentality and start incorporating it. Yeah. I like that shifting that focus from the person to the system and making it more of a teamwork thing of let's, let's build this thing together, refine the system. Let's improve this thing. Not like you, you you know, you suck. You're not doing your (laughs) job, right? It's like, is the, I mean, which it could be if they're not following the system. Right. Um, Yeah. But it allows you to, uh, yeah. Like having great rock star systems, and then you stack rock star people on top of it, like that's an unstoppable business. Um, the great thing about a business, once you have rock star systems, is you can afford to not have rock stars at every single stage of your business, and the business still hums along because you've got great systems. And so that, to me, that's the foundation. It starts with you as, as the leader of the business, having your own personal performance together, and then you build great systems in the business. Then you bring as many great people as you can to operate those great systems. But even as the people kind of flow in and out of your business and they're in different stages and some are going to be in the training stage, some are in the stage where they've mastered it, some are in the stage where they've passed that and now they're bored with it. And so their performance is not as great as it used to be. Like, like our people are always going to be kind of this 
inconsistent, all like always a moving target where you're trying to just like, it's like a football coach. We're just trying to put the best team on the field every day, but people's performance are going to, is going to fluctuate over time. Uh, but our systems can always be great and our systems can always be improving. And so I feel like as a leader, if we put a lot of focus there and we just hold our people accountable to just executing and running the systems that we've built, it takes a lot of pressure off of them in how they, you know, how they meet our expectations. They don't really have to wonder whether they're doing a good job. And uh, it allows us to run a very good, sustainable business that keeps our clients really, really happy without us having to lead emotionally and always drawing rock star talent. The whole business depends on everybody showing up and giving in 110% every day because that's just not, it's just not possible over time. Let's talk about biz dev for a little bit because you said three to four hours a week. Um, mm-hmm. So how, when, when does marketing and sales fit into that picture? Well, so that, so the operations of the business is what takes me three to four hours a week. So the marketing and biz dev is outside of that. Uh, so I do like my own podcast, the UX podcast. Uh, and so I do interviews for that. I would consider that biz, uh, biz dev. Um, I also do, you know, strategic introductions and I'm always reaching out and networking with people that doesn't go into that three to four hours a week. So that that's just, when I say three to four hours a week, that's the operations. That's just serving existing clients. The things that I do to get new clients uh, is basically what, you know, the, I spend part of the rest of my time on and that's entirely flexible. Like I could just roll with the business as it is and it would keep growing through referrals. The only reason I spend more time outside that three or four hours is just to accelerate the growth by expanding and bringing more people into my world. So podcasting, reaching out on LinkedIn and and like kind of specifically targeting the people that I think might be good potential clients, making strategic introductions uh, behind the scenes to people in my network, you know, setting up speaking engagements, um, you know, just things like that. So those are all things that don't get wrapped up in that three to four hours a week. But that's only because I just want the business to grow faster than it would just by taking care of the clients and working off of referrals. Got it. So you could you could essentially say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to cool our you know, client acquisition jets for a month or so and just kind of do your four hours of check-in and your 20 mm-hmm. clients that you uh, currently service would, you know, continue to, you know, you would deliver mm-hmm. and delight with them and they would be super happy with your your service offering. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that comes from kind of the world that I came out of. And some of my clients are in this world where, so one of my best friends and one of my first clients uh, runs a real estate team where he nets a million dollars off the real estate team and it, he manages it in about four hours a week. So I got turned on to that model pretty quick, like into my journey as a digital agency owner. So I kind of came to that with that mentality going, oh, this is possible. Like it's only a matter of setting up the right systems. And that was kind of my goal. Um, and yeah, I mean, he literally took off for a month <laughs> and, uh, and went to South Africa with his family and the whole business kept on trucking uh, right on without him. And I'm fortunate to be in that position where I can do the same thing. I feel like I'd be, it'd be, uh, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about uh, podcasting as a platform for agencies. Uh, maybe there's some folks out there that are thinking about starting their own podcast or maybe mm-hmm. leveraging the platform. Uh, you know, you kind of likened it to a hammer, like you don't know how it works. I was like, wait, do I know how a hammer works? I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. But then I'm like, well, do I really understand the physics? Like, okay, no, but okay. But anyways, yeah, exactly. um, so what, what are, what are some of the things that they might think about if they're thinking about, uh, you know, starting their own show or 
leveraging the podcast platform? What, what's some advice that you might have since this is kind of the business that you're in? Yeah. So I got into offering podcasting as a service because the agency owner that I used to work for came to me with a problem. And he said, look, I, I want to break into these four other industries. So I think we can host a podcast and you should produce it for me and you should book all the guests. And he's, I, I think it's going to introduce us to all the key strategic relationships that I want to break into those new markets. And I said, okay. So we did, we ran it in four different pot with four different industries, four different shows. Uh, we ended up introducing them to a hundred of the, the best thought leaders across those four industries and gave them all the key relationships that they needed to break into those other, those other four industries. Uh, and that to me is the model. If, if you're an agency owner and you want to use podcasting, there's a, a ton of benefits and there's a ton of reasons to, to start it. But to me, the number one reason to start it is to develop the key strategic relationships with the influencers in that space who can send you a stream of clients for the next five, 10 or 15 years, not just using a podcast to try to you know, get new clients today, right? It's about those key strategic relationships. And uh, one of the things I like to think about in terms of marketing is just, you know, before we reach out to a cold audience, what are we doing to A, reach the people that we already have in our world? And then B, if I do want to reach out to somebody new, how can I reach out to them through somebody I already know and preferably somebody that they, they know, like, and trust? So in other words, how can I reach out to somebody to where it's not really a cold kind of introduction to them, that I'm getting warmly introduced to them by somebody they already know, like, and trust. And podcasting is one of the easiest ways, especially nowadays, to do that because you can get introduced to new people by introducing, like, in, interviewing someone that they already know, like, and trust. And that person's going to share the interview with their audience. They're going to put you in front of their audience. They're going to have nice things to say about you because, of course, you're on a podcast together and that's what you do. Uh, and so there's that to me is the best benefit is just if you, if you want to be a bigger name in the niche that you're already in or if you're an agency owner and you've got your eye on this niche and you're not sure how to break in, just think about if you had relationships with 25 of the top influencers in that space, they all know, like, and trust you. They all, they all think your service is great and they all have influence over the people that should be hiring you. Last, that's the ideal scenario because then that's where you generate that foundation of referrals, warm introductions to the people that should be hiring you before you try to reach them cold through things like ads um, and any, like any other type of cold audience tactics. And just to clar clarify for our listeners, you're saying if they're looking to go into a market, building that list of influencers, connectors in that market, and then having those people on their podcast and using that kind of interview essentially as a way to establish that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, podcasting is the new networking. You know, before you get on a plane and fly to an event, if you had a podcast, you just reach out to all the speakers at the event and have them on your podcast before you ever show up. And so rather than showing up to an event cold, you show up with meetings already lined up. So that's just a kind of a microcosm little example of how you can use podcasting. But like in the circles that I run in, the, the more that I listen to other influencers talk and share their experience. Um, in fact, I, literally earlier this week was a great example. I interviewed Craig Ballantyne, <clears throat> who is the host of, or the author of The Perfect yeah. Day Formula. Mm -hmm. he, he's the guy that runs Early to Rise. And I think Brent, you introduced us. Yeah, so, I was like, you know Craig? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was the connection. You made that connection. You introduced him to me to be on my podcast. So he, he made the comment because I asked him what was the best marketing tactic for his book because he sold like 30,000 books. It's ridiculous. 
uh, he said, hands down podcast interviews. So I did 275 of them. <laughs> that might, that, might that sounds little... like Craig. Yeah. 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 So he, he went, he went a little off the deep end, but anyway, uh, but yeah, the more, the more that you talk to the, the biggest, the biggest guys, I mean, I think Grant Cardone would tell you the same thing. Jay Sama told me the same thing. The author of disrupt you, they'll all tell you the same thing. It's all podcast interviews. That's where they meet their, their next round of affiliates who recommend them. That's where they sell the most books. That's where they generate speaking engagements. I mean, it goes all the way back to Dan Kennedy talking about doing teleseminars, uh, which is one of the examples that Craig gave. So like this, it's, it's an older, it's an old strategy. Just podcasting is the newest form of it. But if, if you're getting on with other influencers, all those good things happen. And right now people are so open. They're either hosting their own podcast and they need great guests or they want to be a guest on podcast because they recognize the value. And so they're looking around, looking for shows to be on. Um, every, everybody that I talk to uh, that's a thought leader, influencer, coach, consultant, agency owner, whatever, their antenna is always up looking for those types of opportunities. And so if you have your own show or you want to pitch yourself on your own show, like now is the time to do it. To me, podcasting is the new networking. Obviously, if somebody's interested, they could hire you. You have a great done-for-you service for that. But let's mm-hmm. assume that people are looking to dip their toe into this without, um, you know, uh, shelling out some money uh, or at least a lot of money to have it all done and taken care of for them. What's kind of a minimum viable setup or um, you know upfront investment in time that somebody would need to spend to get a podcast, you know, launched and onto the iTunes uh, and other listings? Mm. So and, we have a client to qualify as man. I know there's a large range. You know, like I know we can spend yeah, yeah, a yeah. huge amount of time, right? But what's kind of the minimum <laughs> that you would say is acceptable to start getting the results that you're talking about? Yeah. So you can you can do exactly what a client of mine did, um, Max Trailer, who you might know. Uh, so Max runs a show called Beers with Max. It's on Zoom. It's a live networking call where he brings on uh, you know sales consultant or an agency owner. And they chat, they record the conversation, and then afterwards they crack a beer and have a live networking session where people are invited to come on. So the show is called Beers with Max. It's on iTunes. You can go check it out. Max was running that before he came to us and had us relaunch it like as a full-blown podcast, but it was already on iTunes because he basically took the recordings from Zoom. Uh, I think he paid some VA in the Philippines, you know, five bucks an hour to do a light editing pass or something on it just just to get it good enough. And then he threw it up on SoundCloud and you can syndicate from SoundCloud to iTunes. Now there's some, you know, you can find all the information out there on how to do it. That that's relatively easy. I mean, it's kind of a pain in the butt, but you can do it. Uh, once it's done, once the show is submitted and once your SoundCloud account is set up, you could just record a show like that every week where you invite people in on zoom, find someone to edit it for five, 10 bucks an hour, just something that's good enough throw it up on your SoundCloud and the new episodes will go to iTunes. That's, that's what I'd recommend is the fastest, easiest way to get started. And that's exactly what he did. But then when he decided to like ramp it up and just make it more professional and more consistent, then we ended up taking it over and relaunching it and all that stuff. So that's always something you can do is just get started now with something just, that's just basically a minimum viable product. And then once it's proven to work and your audience likes it and you enjoy the process, you can always relaunch it later as a full blown podcast and pay someone like my service to uh, do that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cause you know, I'm just thinking for somebody to, to take advantage of kind of what you mentioned, like the strategy of just networking with influencers, you know, and, and not necessarily even build a big audience yet. 
you know, just mm-hmm. to kind of get their their feet wet with it. How how could that work? But you know, before uh, before we go to lightning round, you know, what are some of the things that you guys have seen in terms of um, you know not just connecting with influencers, but actually building audience because. That's obviously what probably most people initially are thinking about with a podcast is how do I build an audience? How do I build a, a list of listeners that um, tune into my show every single week? Like, What are some of the things that you guys help people with? Yeah, so we take care of all the production and the publishing. We promote it on social media. And I think one of the overlooked opportunities, and people don't think about this in podcasting, is uh, video. And specifically, when I first started my podcast, we did everything and always have done everything on video. I recommend that all my clients do video. We have very few that don't. And part of the reason that we do is that my original podcast, at one point, 60% of our listeners were coming to us for free by stumbling across us on YouTube. And so we leaned hard into that. We did a bunch of SEO research and found out what our ideal audience was searching for on YouTube. We made episodes, uh, you know, episodes of the podcast that were specifically designed to catch people searching for that topic on YouTube, not on iTunes. And so we had people coming in through YouTube and then in the description, which of course was all keyword and SEO'd out and all that good stuff. In the description would be the link to our website and, and iTunes to subscribe. So we found this whole kind of other alternative growth strategy, so to speak. Uh, and you can totally still use that today. As long as you have people in your audience that are looking for tactical information that you're giving on your podcast, um, record it in video, put those videos on YouTube, the shorter, the better, and people will start to find you that way. And you just want to make it easy and clear for them how to get from YouTube into your world. So whatever that is for you, if you've got a lead magnet to give away, if you want them to just subscribe on, on iTunes, that's fine. But at least make it easy and clear. Hey, here's how you get from YouTube over into my world where I want you to be. Very cool. So kind of cross-platform a little bit there. Do they have to be on camera? Or I see some people using those little like kind of audiogram. I don't know what you call them, uh, where it like shows visually, it shows the audio moving around. Yeah. Yeah. These uh, audiograms, we do a couple of those for clients. Um, and that's fine. If you, if you only record an audio to turn it into that, um, it definitely makes it easier for you as the host to not be on video because you, you get more flexibility, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, my podcasts were live on YouTube and then we were one of the first to get, uh, like beta access to one of the first Facebook live integrations. Then we went to zoom and blue jeans for Facebook live. Like we've done it all. Um, I was always on video. We started out live and I, I saw what a benefit it gave us. Uh, I have a little meter running in my head because I've been, I've been doing live podcasts for so long where you can see the audience numbers fluctuate and you can see where you lose people <laughs> that, that I have. <laughs> I have a little counter in my head going and I know when we're starting to lose an audience, like what, like when you go too long, when you start to ramble, when you're getting off topic, whatever. Cause I, I spent years like looking at those numbers live, watching it, watching the counter go up and down. Huh. Uh, I, I, it's hard to replace that kind of experience. I would have never even thought that that was a thing. I would have never had that experience if I would have just recorded an audio podcast from the beginning. So it made me a better podcaster to be able to see that live feedback. Um, I wouldn't necessarily start on Facebook Live today because they're not pushing it as much as they used to, but I would definitely encourage you to be on video. And if you have any kind of YouTube strategy that you want to try out, um, record everything on video uh, and get it over onto YouTube. Um, and just, you know, there's, there's cheap and easy lighting kits out there. Like shooting video is not too hard to me. It's well worth the little bit of extra effort that I go through to record my podcast on video. Um, 
versus if I was just recording it on audio. Those are good recommendations. It was really cool to hear, uh, Matt, a little bit about your story today. Uh, give some good advice around podcasting, around productizing your services, building systems, and making your agency super, super efficient and profitable and effective. Uh, Matt, are you ready for our lightning round? I am. Let's do it. All right. So the first question is, what is the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received. I would say it is, it was the advice from my mentor uh, on how to train and how to build systems, right? He said something to the effect of, I do it, we do it, you do it. And that, so that's still how we build systems and train people today. It's always, I do it first, then we do it together, then you do it on your own. And anytime I've tried to skip one of those, um, bad things happen. <laughs> so that's, that's definitely one of the best pieces of advice ever. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Um, methodical, relentless consistency. Not only is my own personal performance based around that, um, uh, the entire agency is based around that. I ended up essentially packaging up a service that took advantage of that natural strength. Can you share an internet resource or a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? Oh, yeah, 100%. Trello. My entire business runs on Trello. I love it. Unbelievably visual, easy to, easy to use. It may not have all the bells and whistles that you can get with some other project management tools, but I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, I would say for any agency owner, remember that just because something has more features doesn't mean people will use them. Sometimes the simplest is the best. And what book would you recommend and why? Uh, to any agency, I'm literally sitting next to a stack of them, so I'll try <laughs> to keep it short. Um, David Baker, The Business of Expertise. Nice. I, uh, yeah. I just introed him to somebody that was uh, looking for 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 uh, uh, somebody like him. I was like, "Oh, David Baker, right? <laughs> the expert of experts." That's right. Uh, <laughs> can you tell our audience how they can find out more about you, and if there's anything that you have that they can check out, Matt? There is actually, yeah. So first, for the for the production business, and just to get a peek at what we do, go to pursuingresults.com. But uh, we just released that we're taking our first steps into kind of. Uh, selling kind of some of the systems that we've kind of developed, which is kind of how you started Brent. Uh, so if you go to podcast pitch assistant, that is the system that I built for myself to pitch myself outbound to get on more podcasts. And, and I'm, you know, kind of helping my clients out with that. Essentially what that allows you to do is just tell your team member, your assistant, your VA, your intern, whoever can do the pitching for you. You can put them through this training and in four weeks, They'll be completely fully trained. You'll actually be pitched on podcasts within two weeks. Uh, it's something that all of my clients have been clamoring for. We don't offer it as a service necessarily within our agency. And so I decided to share and sell off the system that I built for myself to solve that problem internally within my own business for my own marketing. Uh, and that's what that is. So it's podcastpitchassistant.com. You can check that out and just see how that works and if it's an option for you. Awesome. Well, we will link out to that as well as your website and all of the resources you mentioned in today's episode in our show notes. You can find those at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Click on the Matt Johnson episode and you will find all those great resources, key takeaways, quotes, and so much more on our show notes. Again, that's yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Matt, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. 
Thanks, Brent. I've uh, I've listened to your show for a while, so I was really excited for this, and it's it's kind of surreal to be on this end of things. Um, hopefully, we delivered a ton of value, and there's some things that people can take away. So I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, you're you're making me blush, but we don't have a video today, so you can't see it. <laughs> That's right. We'll see. We'll see if I if I take the leap. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks again, Matt. Uh, you've been awesome. That is our program for this week of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming at you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in your business and life. Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 